everyone and welcome to She Trails podcast with me, Julia. Here we celebrate female trail runners, the outdoors and movement. This is a podcast that aims to inspire you to explore new paths and seek your own adventures, whatever they may be. I'm very happy to welcome Maya Hogan on She Trails podcast. She is well known for her wild performances in endurance races, as well as her inspiring positive mindset on and off the trails. In this episode, she tells us about how her running journey started and the positive influence of her family. We also dive in more details in her 2022 year as a pro athlete, where she ran the double Western States and UTMB. We recorded this episode late summer while Marianne was recovering from an injury, and we are so happy to now see her back running and enjoying the trails. We hope you enjoy the episode and get as excited as Marianne to get out there. Marianne, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am so excited to have you here. Um, how are you today? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Um, I hear that you're in France traveling, um, so you're joining us from France, right? Yes, I am. It's uh, nice and sunny out here. I've been enjoying biking and running. Uh, I, I've been enjoying being back in the mountains. Yeah, it looks stunning, like really yeah. stunning. <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous over here in the UK because we've had some really quite bad weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would love to start this podcast with just like you uh, introducing yourself in your own words because I think that's always, always really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my name is Marianne Hogan and I'm an ultra runner from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, and I just started last year running 100 miles, but uh, I've been an ultra runner for, for a couple of years before that. Um, I had a long hiatus due to injury, and um, before that I was a triathlete and track and fielder. So that's kind of my background, but right now I, I dabble in the trails. Um, I really enjoy running, and um, I also work a full-time job. I am an HR manager at an IT company. And I'm also a coach for a company that is based out of Quebec called the uh, Coaching du Coureur. Okay. Wow. That is so cool. Um, yeah. I didn't know you had a full-time job as well. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of people know. <laughs> but, but it's part of who I am. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to dive a little bit more into all of this. But first of all, I just wanted to ask you, um, just taking a step back, what kind of child were you? You know, how was your childhood um, in Canada? Did you grow up in Canada? And yeah, just tell us a little bit, a little bit more about this. Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew up in a family as the youngest of four children. And so I always kind of grew up uh, trying to keep up with them. And I think that that has a lot to do with the personality and the person that I am today. Um, I was always the one trying to gather everyone to, to go play badminton or go play soccer or go cycling or, or things like that. Um, and so I think that that has a lot to do with the person that I am today, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, I grew up in the countryside of Quebec, um, kind of not close to anyone else. So we we got to, um, to, to spend a lot of time together as the children, my brothers and sister, and uh, they are still very much part of the uh, my life and and I say that they are probably my closest friends and allies in this world. I love that. Yeah, you seem like you're quite a close family. Um, so do you think they played a, a really positive role in your 
pursuit of sport and were they always supportive of your career in sport as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, it, it was nice to go through the motions with them. I, I practice triathlon a lot with my brother and and my sister and, and my other brother now. We run a lot together and um, all of us actually were a very still active family. So I think that they that um, it helps that we're able to do that together um, when we spend time together as a family. It's always in a way that is active. Um, so I definitely think that it still has an impact today. And I remember um, on Instagram for Women's International Rights Day, you shared a fact that actually kind of like um, was a little bit shocking for me, which I think it was a Canadian study saying that one out of three girls drop out of sport at late adolescence, uh, which is, yeah, which is crazy. And so I can imagine your family was a big part of you and your lifestyle keeping this going but do you think there was anything else that helped you kind of stayed active and stayed in sports and not be part of that one out of three uh, girls dropping out yeah i think it's important for 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 adults and, and parents to to show their their children regardless of the gender um that sports can have a huge impact on their life and i think that too often um when 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 adolescents go through school um there's just a lot of things going on and, and unfortunately a lot of them um end up putting sports on the kind of like on the back burner which i think should be the opposite i think that um when people realize everything that sports can bring to you i think that there's a lot of possibility for everyone and i'm just very thankful that i was never uh, for me it was kind of like a, a rule a non-written rule in our in our family is that We always had to practice one sport, regardless of what sport that was. It didn't really matter. It was just a matter of like doing something um, and working towards something. And then, and I think that we can all benefit from that. Um, we can we can learn a great work ethic. Um, we can learn how to surpass ourselves. We can meet people. You can socialize. Like there's a lot that sports bring to you, not only competition. And I think that that's it's definitely played a huge impact in in, in um, the person that I am today and in the life that I lead today. So I that's something that definitely um, struck to me. Um, I, wrote, I, I read the book Good for a Girl, um, and that's really what kind of uh, hit home for me in terms of like, we should be encouraging um, young women to stay in sports and, and keep practicing because it, it, it can continue to have an impact and it should. And it's our role as athletes currently in the sport to encourage Um, women of all ages to participate in sports. Yeah, that is so true. I actually just bought that book, um, which I'm excited to read. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. Um, yeah, so you mentioned that you did several sports and that you always had one sport um, going. So you did triathlon, right, and then track. And so I'm, I'm curious to know how you discovered trail running and like how did you fall in love with it? Yeah. Um, so I went to school in California and, and I did five years of track and field. Uh, I was running the 10K out there and 10K workouts are very structured. They're very um, specific paces based. And I really enjoyed running. I always have and always will, most likely. Uh, but at the end of my five years, I kind of was getting over the um, the specific workouts and the specific paces that I needed to hold. I just wanted to start running and, and not think about everything, anything. Um, and at the same time, I was moving to Boulder, Colorado, uh, and that's where I started running, and, and I fell in love with the trail running community out there. Um, just it, it happened so uh, swiftly 
uh, before I knew it, I was I was registered for an ultra marathon, and and that's that's kind of how it worked. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, <laughs> how long was that first ultra marathon? Just out of curiosity. I did so I did a trail marathon, and then and then I think three weeks later I did the the eighty k in Leadville, Colorado. Yeah. Cool. Okay, that's amazing. Um, so on your Insta description, you say that you're smiling and running through life, right? Which really looks like you are and i know that you've had you know big challenges with injuries as you said earlier but you've also had amazing achievements where you literally were on the podium of really big races um in the trail running world um before we go into uh, these achievements i would really like to just spend a little bit of time on how you deal with the challenges that you had because i know you've had quite a few and the ways that you found to make the situation better or how you got out of that stronger, basically? Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, so I, I've had my fair share of hardships and, and a lot of them have, have been self-imposed in a certain way. I have had injuries, uh, let's call them overuse injuries or, or, or just, um, I've had quite a bit of stress fractures, but I've also had some fractures. Um, I, that's just kind of a, a bad luck. I, I fractured, a spiral fractured my tibia fibula. Um, and I've been someone who, uh, I, it, it helps me a lot to kind of live what it is that I'm going through in that moment. Um, but I try to get, get that done in, in the very early stages of the process. Um, and so I usually, when something negative happens to me, I usually take a few days to kind of accept it, um, kind of deal through the emotions, the, the frustration, um, because there definitely is some frustration. And then once I, once I have that out of my system, then I'm able to, kind of turn the page on that situation and understand that it's now part of my reality and I have to deal with it regardless of if I'm happy about it or not. You know, my leg is still going to be broken tomorrow if I, it, even if I'm happy about it or not. So that's really how I like to, to deal with the situation. Um, and that's really helped me kind of move forward is, uh, you know, accepting what's going on and uh, trying to make the best out of it. Um, and that's, that's definitely my strategy every single time that I've had an injury. Um, and, you know, the first few days are not easy, but I think they're very, they're very um, helpful for the rest. Once you get all of your emotions and your frustration out, then you can move on and, and, and start working towards a, towards a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really quite a good lesson because you must, you must be feeling sometimes a bit like I know even with my little level of running, sometimes I get frustrated. So I can't imagine uh, when you run such big races. Um, and I remember seeing that you were a guide for the Paralympics, right? Um, is, was that during your triathlon period or was that after when you were already into trail running? No, it was when I was already into trail running. It's when I uh, broke my leg, actually. And that's kind of part of the, okay. you know, my uh, my philosophy is that whenever something like that happens, try to make the best out of the situation. And um, when I got when I got surgery for my right leg, the, the leg that I broke, um, I really wasn't able to run any ultra races for a really long time. Uh, but I was able to run like a 5K or 10K or something like that. So um, I got approached by our, our Canadian Federation to be a guide and I jumped on the opportunity and, and that also provided a life experience in itself. And um, I think that that's a testament to, you know, when something happens to you, uh, don't just look at the negative, look at everything else that you can be doing instead. And, and that's really how I utilize my time of injury is I spent about two years uh, being a guide for 
a paratriathlete um, and we ended up going to Tokyo. So it was, it was a really good experience. That's amazing. How did you do in Tokyo? Uh, we did well. Um, the athlete that I was guiding, Jessica, she was also um, somewhat injured uh, during that time, but we managed to, to, to grab a fifth place in, in Tokyo. So that was, a, that was a, a great experience for sure. That's amazing. And you must have developed a quite a special relationship over two years, I can imagine, uh, with her. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, very, uh, it's very special, actually, to be the eyes and ears and, and the guide of, of, of a person. Because um, obviously, when we're, when we're traveling, um, I'm the one guiding her. So I'm not only guiding her through her triathlon, but also through life. So um, it's, it's a very interesting experience, for sure. It can remind us as well, like, we can do anything, right? Like, it's, it's really cool. Recently, I watched your documentary that came out. Um, I think it was a few weeks ago, and that it came out, which is talking about you summer 2022, where you ran Western States and UTMB, which are two of the biggest trail races um, in the world, let's say. One is in the US, the other one is in France. Um, I really like during this documentary because you talk a lot about how running is a blessing for you, how being on that start line is a reward, right? Um, and so I, re I would really love to know, and maybe we can do Western States first and UTMB after that, but what is what, what were the best moments in that race? Because it, it looked like on the documentary you had such a nice family experience as well. But it must have been hard as well. But yeah, what stood out for you positively and negatively uh, during that race? Yeah, I think both races played out very differently. But I think that for Western States, for example, I had a very low moment very early on in the race. I felt incredibly sick. Um, and I was able to turn the page around when I when I, when I I got to see my crew at um, Michigan Bluff, which is about kilometer 90. And to me, it was just a very good life lesson that, you know, I got there and I was feeling really bad and I had thrown up and nobody knew. So when I got there, I just wanted to tell them that I threw up and they just like brushed it off and started telling me that I looked amazing and that um, if I kept going, then, then I, I would move my way up. And so to me, it really showed how um, your perspective has a big impact um, on your day. And um, if I had gotten there and they had told me like, oh, no, you threw up, like, this is horrible. And, and, you know, if they had gone with me in this negative spiral, I think that, that I would have had a very different experience. And um, so I, I'm really grateful that they were there to cheer me up. And they absolutely did that all throughout the race. But um, as of kilometer 90, I think I had a whole different experience. And it, it was my first 100 miler. So I think it was a good learning experience for me too to know that when something isn't going well at the beginning of the race um it doesn't mean that you can't um you can't completely turn the the, the day around and, and make it an amazing day at the end of the day so uh i i think that that was my my favorite part of western state yeah that's amazing and um how did it feel when you realized that you were going to be on the podium of that first hundred milers you ever did <laughs> yeah yeah it was a, it was an amazing feeling actually uh it's it's a you know I described it I think as an out-of-body experience as you don't really I, I wasn't realizing that I was and, and I was not realizing it at all because like I said I had a horrible first part of the day um and so it took a while for me to, to realize that it had happened and um but I think that it it provided me with with a valuable experience and confidence to show up at the start line of UTMB. Yeah, 
Yeah, so UTMB, I'm French and I am obsessed. And actually the first time I really watched and followed was when you ran it last year. Okay. Um, it was quite a good battle. So I would love you to tell us a little bit more about that race and how it went for you. Yeah, UTMB was great. Uh, it was, it was, it's a party. I mean, when you're a runner, um, running through those eight stations where there's so many people and, and it, it's such a big festivity, um, it makes it really fun as a runner. And um, I had no pressure, you know, I was coming out of Western States, uh, just trying to give it my best shot for UTMB. And um, I went out there and had a whole lot of fun. Um, I had a lot of fun and felt amazing all the way through uh, Champelac, which is about, I think, uh, 130 kilometers in. Uh, where I found myself in, in first place position and, and just couldn't believe that I was there. Uh, but then uh, I started feeling an intense, sharp pain in my left psoas. Um, and uh, I it was a huge sucker fest to make it to the finish line. And it was quite the experience. I'm incredibly grateful that my family was there. Um, if you end up watching the movie, for those who are listening, um, there's some pretty <laughs> intense scenes of me. Uh, being in a whole lot of pain and I'm, I'm, I'm immensely glad that I made, made it to the finish line because I don't think that I would have appreciated it as much. Um, I just have strong emotions related to the fact, you know, I remember being in so much pain um, from Champelac all the way to the finish and just having this feeling of euphoria when I walked into the streets of Chamonix or, or shuffled my way through the streets of Chamonix because I have no idea how that happened and how I made it there. Um, but the suffering made it all that more special for sure. Yeah, you will remember it forever. But I have to say during the movie, seeing you suffer, it's like, oh, how is she going to make it? Like, it looks so painful. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why it was so surprising to me when I finally made it and and, and it, it was so much more meaningful. Um, but that being said, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't condone, um, you know, finishing at all costs. Uh, to me, it was important because it was my first UTMB and, you know, I, I was in the lead and, and I decided that I wanted to finish. Um, but I think that if I were to do it again, uh, I would do it differently. Like I wouldn't do it, I wouldn't do 2022 differently. But if I, if I were to find myself in that same exact position in 2024, um, I would not, I would not complete it just because I think mm. um, my health is, is, is very important and, and, and that's brought a lot of health factors after my meditator and my psoas definitely brought some complications and um, that's not something that I'm willing to do in the future because I love running too much on a daily basis and unfortunately I wasn't able to run for for, for many months after UTMB. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's that's true. So as you said, it brought a few complications and I think you've been on a, on a break and slowly recently started running again, right? And it's starting to feel good. Um, I know you're cycling a lot as well, but how is it looking for you? Are you already starting to envision what's next or? No, I'm not. I'm not starting to envision it. Um, what I want is just uh, be a hundred percent better. So I want to be healthy before I put anything else on a calendar. I think that's super important for me. Um, and that's my focus right now is just making sure that um I take care of every single thing that is showing up. Um, and take every step uh cautiously. And uh, so far, so good. I've I've been able to bike quite a bit, and I'm able to run a little bit. So. Um, it looks like I'm, I, I, I might be having a recovery here soon. Okay. That's exciting. 
I'm happy for you because it must feel really good to get back to running. Yeah. <laughs> and even cycling, I mean, the sceneries that you yeah. are currently going uh, through in France are just stunning. Um, um, to finish, I would really like to touch on the fact that I think sometimes ultra running or trail running, even just trail running, not even ultra running, just seems so um, unreachable for people or for for women and even to be honest for myself like you just see this as a crazy hard thing that is completely impossible and I would just love to know what you think of that and if you think it's accessible to everyone and if everyone can get out there what would be your advice yeah I think um I think it is absolutely accessible to everyone and I think that you know my when I'm recovering from an injury is um is a prime example of that because when I start running again it's incredibly difficult Um, you know, when I started running again, I ran like three times one minutes and I was out of breath during those one minutes intervals. Um, and I can feel it in my legs that it's difficult. And so I think that the more you run, the easier it becomes. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of people never get or a lot of people don't go through through the the the, the part where it finally gets easier. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's important to realize that, you know, everyone doing ultras, when you don't run for, for three or six months, it's difficult to start running again. And so, of course, it's going to be the same for someone who starts from zero and realize that, you know, you have to build little by little and eventually it's going to be easier and eventually you're going to be able to do more. Um, and I guess my best advice is, is to do it only if you love it, because um, you're not going to find joy in ultra running if you don't love running. Um, I think it's it's doing it for the right reason. If and and if it's not ultra running, then find what it is that really lights your soul and 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 go do that instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And just one last thing, actually, I'm just thinking about it right now because you know when you live in London or in Montreal or big cities, and you do want to start trail running sometimes it feels like you would need to go on a really long weekend away somewhere else, but is there any way that we can experience trail running while still living in big cities? Yeah, of course. I mean, London has a lot of parks where you can go running and obviously there's some, some parts that are not too far, but you know, trail running is, is, is a derivation of, a uh, of running. And so you can just go running in the city and whenever you have access to trails, you can hit the trails, but Um, you don't have to be a trail runner and run trails every day. You can run the streets and, and it, it comes back to the same. When I'm in Montreal, I definitely don't run in trails every day and, and that's okay. I'm still able to run trails when I find them. It's just about, obviously, when, you, when you'll get closer to your race, then it'll be, it'll be important for you to practice in, in the right circumstance. But if not, then, you know, anywhere is good enough. Running is running. True, true. That's true. And it's the same benefits. So. Yeah. Minus nature sometimes. But as you say, we have good parks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, I just want to finish our conversation by a few fire questions um, before we end it. Um, the first one is, who inspires you? And it doesn't have to be a runner. It can be anyone. Yeah. Um, I like to say that the people who inspire me are the people that I, that I, I choose to spend my days with. Um, I like to be inspired by people uh that are around me in, on a day-to-day -day basis um I like to see people who go out of their comfort zone and 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 do things with passion um and so a lot of people around me do that but obviously my my brother um and his wife they're my two closest uh 
allies in in this world today, and um, I love to see them build their lives with so much passion, and 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 that's something that I respect a lot, and that I I, I want to surround myself with people who are enthusiastic and will work hard towards the things that they want, regardless of what that thing is. It doesn't have to be anything big. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, running or or big accomplishments like that. Like those those are the people that I that I look up to, and and. You know, for me, it's running and that's where I put my energy. But for other people, it's other stuff. And, and that's I think there's a lot of inspiration from you can gather a lot of inspiration from a lot of people around you. Amazing. That's true. Um, the second one is um, who would you want to hear on that podcast um, next? Um, that's a that's a really good one. Um, I think any uh, female trail runner would be obviously a very good uh, selection. Um, but who specifically? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Caitlin. Caitlin Fielder. Uh, she's a she's a Solomon runner, and she's from uh, New Zealand, and she's hilarious. And and I think that she could be a very entertaining guest. Okay, amazing. I'll try and reach out. <laughs> and the last one is, what is your go-to songs on the trail that you love to listen to? Um, I could listen to Taylor Swift all day, so I'm going to say Taylor Swift for sure. <laughs> okay, amazing. <laughs> so cool. Okay, well, thank you so much, Marianne. It was really lovely to talk to you. Um, thanks for all the learnings, and I wish you a great time in France. Thank you. All the best to you too. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. We would love to have your feedback or if you feel like sharing it with someone or putting it up on Instagram. We always like to know where you are tuning in from. Don't forget to also sign up to the Shitrail Substack to stay tuned on the upcoming stories coming out. Talk to you all soon and keep exploring. Bye.